good evening once again. Again, so thankful you're here with us this evening, even though it's cold and wet out there. Uh, and again, just really enjoyed that singing we had this afternoon. Anytime we can get together and sing songs of praises is a, is a great joy. Uh, <clears throat> tonight for our lesson, I kind of got to thinking is that every October, uh, for those of us that work in the University of Tennessee, we have an open enrollment period, as many people do with their job, for us to review our benefits package so we can make changes to our health insurance or dental or vision and other benefits. Uh, you know, when I first started working, uh, it was a little overwhelming hearing all these benefits and hoping that I was selecting the right ones that uh, would benefit my family. And I always heard from the older agents, even as I started, first started extension, uh, that you'll never get rich working in extension, but you'll never beat their benefits. And as I sat there and thought about that, you know, it got me to thinking about what kind of benefits package that we have as a Christian. Uh, I think if we look in the Old Testament uh, at the 103rd Psalm, we see a more important kind of benefits package that God provides to everyone who trusts him and serves him faithfully. In today's world, I think, uh, the 103rd Psalm would apply to us as Christians. So tonight I would like to take a look at what's included in God's benefit package uh, and how we are reminded to worship the Lord from the depths of our souls. Of course, the Psalm, uh, 103rd Psalm is a Psalm of Thanksgiving written by David. Of course, we just celebrated Thanksgiving Thursday, and I didn't choose this lesson because of that. It just seemed my timing worked out uh, to be close to Thanksgiving here. But it seems that Thanksgiving is the only day that's set aside for our nation as a whole to give thanks. Uh, I don't know if you've noticed it or not, but it appears to me that in stores lately that Thanksgiving is just completely overlooked. Uh, no longer are the, the cutouts of turkeys or pilgrims that we used to see decorating the store many years ago. Uh, don't see that a whole lot. In fact, I can remember as a kid, maybe first or second grade, they had a countywide coloring contest where everybody colored a pilgrim or a turkey, and they put all those up from all the first or second graders across the, the county at the Piggly Wiggly. And uh, I can remember begging my granny to take me down there to see if I won or not as well. So, uh, but used to, we took great pride in that. Uh, but now it seems like as soon as the rush to buy candy and costumes is over, out comes the commercialization of Christmas. Uh, you know, we're bombarded with snowman and Santa Claus and decorations. But I also must admit that yesterday I put up most of my Christmas decorations already as well. So, uh, you know, I think as God's people, I believe it's impo important or appropriate that we focus our thoughts not only on Thanksgiving Day, but throughout the year on the goodness of God and that we offer God gratitude to God for who he is and all that he's done for us and all that he blesses us with. Uh, as we begin our lesson this evening, let us take a look at uh, Psalm 103, verses 1 and 2, which Jacob just read. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Note uh, that David begins the 103rd Psalm with a kind of self-talk to focus his mind on the good things that God has given him and has done for him, uh, for which he is very thankful. Uh, he even encourages himself to stay focused on these things in order to remain positive in his attitude. In the following verses, I think he describes four main things that God provides him 
or you could say four main things that's in a Christian's benefits package. The first thing in our benefit package as a Christian is purification. As we take a look at verses 3 and 4. Starting with verse 3, who forgives all your iniquities? Who heals all your diseases? Who redeems your life from destruction? Who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies? God forgives all of our sins and saves us from eternal consequences of those sins. Of course, this is one of the greatest benefits. David doesn't describe how God does this, but we now as Christians know. Jesus paid the price for our sins with his blood. His life is what redeems or buys back our life from condemnation. The disease we suffer from is death. Resurrection is the cure, and we receive this from Christ. Because of sin, we're uh, justly condemned to die and suffer eternally, but because God sent Jesus, the curse of death is replaced with a crown of mercy and love. God purifies us through the blood of Christ, and because of this, we are saved from the death. Our second item in that benefits package, we might say, is provision, as we see in verse 5. Verse 5 says, Who satisfies your mouth with good things so that your mouth, or so your youth, is renewed like the eagles? Of course, David at this time could look back at the history of the Jews, um, especially their exodus from Egypt. He could see how God provided for his people in so many miraculous ways for over 40 years. Uh, even in his own life, he knew how God had provided for him, for his safety, and for his work throughout life. Uh, so the idea here is not that God just provides, but rather when you recognize that, uh, that it is God himself who provides for you, that knowledge has a regenerating effect on our lives and on our soul. So really a great benefit for a Christian is not only that God will provide, but also the continual knowledge and confidence of this fact gives us courage and hope on a continual basis. I have hope that it will work out because it is God himself who will provide for me. Our third benefit in that benefits package is protection, which we see in verses 6 through 7. The Lord executes righteousness and justice for all who are oppressed. He made known his ways to Moses, his acts to the children of Israel. Of course, uh, we're not alone as a child of God. Uh, you're never left unprotected or without justice because sooner or later, we all will receive justice for any uh, transgressions. David refers to Moses and the Israelites whom God avenged when they were attacked and mistreated. The benefit is not that we have protection. The benefit is that we have God's protection so that perfect justice will be guaranteed to those who oppress us. And the fourth element of our protection package is promise. Of course, in our uh, benefits package, we have purification, provision, protection, but we also have a set of promises or guarantees. In our regular job or in day jobs, there's really no absolute guarantees. So as long as business goes on, we're making money, 
you're doing your job properly, you get to keep your job, right? Uh, David mentions three promises that God makes, which are not subject to change no matter what happens in this world. First, our first promise we see is of mercy as we look at verses 8 through 10. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in mercy. He will not always strive with us, nor will he keep his anger forever. He has not dealt with us according to our sins, nor punished us according to our iniquities. David describes the character of God. His bottom line is not money, profit, how much you can produce for him or human things. His bottom line is compassion, mercy, patience, loving kindness, graciousness, and generosity. David said that, says that God uh, does not deal with us on the basis of law and justice, or in other words, his treatment uh, of us is not based on our performance. David explains that God treats us with compassion, love, and patience. This verse begins with a focus on three different aspects of the Lord's anger that should spark our, our praise for him. First, the Lord is slow to anger. Considering how often we fail as Christians, this ought to or should impress us. The Lord is not human with anger that is kindled in an instant. He is slow to anger. Second, notice in verse 9 how the Lord's anger is not only slow to ignite, but once it ignites, it's not long-lasting. Considering our sins, the Lord should be angry forever, but instead, he's loving. And third, notice in verse 10, how the Lord does not repay our sins with the punishment due us. What we deserve for our sin is death, but he does everything in his power to give us life. Consider how tr these uh, true descriptions of the Lord's anger were uh, in the dealings uh, when the Lord dealt with Israel. The Lord frequently gave Israel plentiful time to repent, of their, uh, to repent before punishing them of their sin. Uh, when he did punish them, he relented as soon as they repented of those sins. Though the entire nation deserved to be destroyed, the Lord's punishment was always lighter and shorter than deserved. What a true love. It's a wonderful relief to know that this is the context in which God sees us and treats us and will treat us when we come before him. <clears throat> Our second promise and our benefits package is a promise of understanding that we see in verses 11 through 14. For as the heavens are, uh, for as the heavens are high above the earth, so great is His mercy towards those who fear Him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has He removed our transgressions from us. As a father pities his children, so the Lord pities those who fear Him. For He knows our frame; He remembers that we are dust. <clears throat> in this passage, David explains why God treats us the way he does, because he truly understands our weaknesses and our history. He knows why we do the things we do. He knows all of the twists and turns that have brought us to where we are in our lives today. For those who read, or who read David's uh, psalm at that time when it was written, what a great relief to know that uh, Almighty God was this kind of God. At that time, <clears throat> in that age, uh, where the concept of God was not much more 
than a human and more times than not an animal or a mindless or cruel force, only to be appeased but never appealed to. David describes a God at that time who promises his children that he will deal with them mercifully because he truly understands the human condition. <clears throat> the Lord's steadfast love that we see here in verses 11 through 14 should provide us with so much comfort. In verse 11, he describes the Lord's love as, as great as the distance between the heavens and the earth. What a great visual picture that is. The Lord's love for us is as high as the heavens above the earth. <clears throat> verse 13 is just as comforting. The Lord has the compassion of a father towards us as his children. Just as Brother John alluded to, I believe, in his lesson this morning, um, this picture is most fully understood by those of us who are parents. Parents know their children best. They know their weaknesses. Sometimes they may hesitate to punish them. And this is much like the Lord, I believe. <clears throat> he understands our weaknesses. He has compassion on us like a father does a child. The Lord's compassion for us as sinners is seen in what the Lord does to our sins in verse 12. Our sins are distanced from us like the east is distanced from the west. The Lord does not desire to hold sins against us if we repent of them. The third promise that we see in verses 15 through 18 is a promise of faithfulness. <clears throat> Starting with verse 15, As for man, his days are like grass, as a flower of the field, so he flourishes. For the wind passes over it, and it is gone, and its place remembers it no more. But the mercy of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting on those who fear him, and his righteousness to children's children, to such as keep his covenant, and to those who remember his commandments to do them. <clears throat> Despite man's weakness and sure death, God will not let him be erased and eliminated like the grass and dead flowers. God promises to keep alive those who trust and obey him. David mentions the word loving kindness several times throughout this passage. Uh, and again, in this passage, as the motivating characteristic behind these promises. The word loving kindness in Hebrew referred to a special quality in God's loving character. It's the ability to remain faithful to an agreement between two people, even when the other person fails to remain faithful. Loving kindness describes God's willingness and ability to remain true to his promises, in, even when we're undeserving of them. And so God promises to remain true to his promises even when we are undeserving of them. Uh, God promises mercy and understanding and faithfulness. Again, the value of these promises is not simply uh, what is being promised, but who is making the promises. What a tremendous benefit to know that God himself is the guarantor of the benefits that we have been promised here. As we come to the end, or close to the end of this lesson, uh, we see in the final verses, verses 19 through 22, that David summarizes all that he has said by declaring the true reality for man. Verse 19, the Lord has established his throne in heaven and his kingdom rules over all. The true reality is that this is God's world and he uh, rules above all. 
this is meant to reinforce the idea that the benefits we are offered are offered by the only one who can guarantee them. Verses 20 through 22, bless the Lord, you his angels, who excel in strength, who do his word, heeding the voice of his word. Bless the Lord, all of you hosts, all of you his hosts, you ministers of his, who do his pleasure. Bless the Lord, all of his works, in all places of his dominion. Bless the Lord, O my soul. In these final verses, David returns to the form of his opening statement by encouraging everything in existence to bless and to praise God for these things. He finishes the psalm with his bookend verse, which he used to begin the psalm, Bless the Lord, O my soul. Now, Brother John mentioned Matthew 13, 22 in his message this morning uh, from the parable of the sower. Let us not be like he who hears the word and the cares of the world and deceitfulness of riches choke the word and he becomes unfaithful. When we fix our minds upon the Lord and all that he has done for us, we can't help but be filled with overflowing gratitude for his goodness, for his mercy, and for salvation. We can see this fact throughout the Bible and throughout history. When he forgives us, he removes our sins as far, uh, far from us as the east is from the west. He will remember them no more, and that is the God that we serve. <clears throat> A God that loves us so much that he's not only willing to meet our physical needs, but a God who loved us so much that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever would believe in him should not perish but have everlasting life. The beauty of the Psalms is that they speak to us with the same impact today as they did when they were written almost 3,000 years ago. This is because God himself speaks to us through David's writings and says the exact same thing to us today. That, those, uh, that for those who believe and obey him, God offers these guaranteed benefits and our benefits package as a Christian. Purification through the blood of Jesus, provision through prayer, protection for his church, and the promise of mercy, understanding, and fidelity for all those who confess his blessed name.